episode 16 of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm and insecurities. I'm your host, Katri Barrett, and with each episode I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work confidently. Be courageous, be curious, because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Welcome back, my loves. I am very excited today because I am joined on the Curiosity Couch by our very first guest. If you are new to the podcast, then make sure you hit subscribe now so that you don't miss out on any of the future episodes and all the fun that we have here. But without any further ado, I would like to introduce to you the wonderful Emma Horro. Emma is a photographer and a beauty blogger, and in my opinion, one of the few true artists of the online world, having redefined the selfie as an art form through her stunning self-portraits. Emma has written for publications such as Vogue, Elle and Harper's Bazaar, and worked with brands such as Estee Lauder, Neutrogena and Chanel. Having inspired tens of thousands of people to start looking after and loving their skin, she really is the ultimate skinfluencer. She shares all kinds of insights over on her blog, Lolita Says So, and her Sunday School series over on Instagram stories are a must-watch if, like me, you are in need of learning which products to use on your skin, why you should use them, and how to use them. Now, I have had the pleasure of knowing this powerhouse of a woman for the past 22 years, can't believe that myself, where she has always created her own success and triumphed over challenges ever since we met as seven-year-old girls after she had just moved to England from Paris. I am very excited to have her join me on the Curiosity Couch today as our first ever guest. Welcome, Emma. Hello, what an intro. I know, there you go. (laughs) I struggled, as we were saying before, because to me you will always be Emma Henderson. Yeah, when I moved to England, we decided to use my mum's maiden name for a bit because, as is still the case, no one can say or spell my surname. (laughs) I know, how do you manage that with with so many people now needing to say your name I don't really, I don't really mind. How you say it in French is O-A-R-O, but like... Obviously, if you're English, you, you don't say it like that. So there's so many different versions. I really don't mind. I kind of enjoy hearing how people struggle. Well, to it's say a good it. conversation starter as well. Yeah, at exactly. Least. Definitely. Exactly. And so we have an age of the 22 years, which is I know when you mental. say that, that makes me feel really old. <laughs> it really is. I'm still I'm still 28, country. So oh god, sorry. But like they're still saying one years. No, I'm still 20. In my head, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, oh god, wait, I've known you longer. <laughs> no, in my head, it's not 20 like that long. But yeah, yeah, that is a long time, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so yes. seven. So I'm, you moved over mm-hmm. when you were seven. Yeah, so I moved from Paris to um, the English countryside. Yes, where you wonderful were grill. Um, indeed, um, when I was seven, um, with my mum and my sister. Yeah, and we met at primary school, as we were just talking about. In year three. Yeah, Mrs. Cherry's class that <laughs> we were just reminiscing on. Uh, <laughs> the antics of primary school yeah. and mm-hmm. how it has affected us now. Indeed. <laughs> Good ways and bad, bad ways. ways. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that, that brings me to my first question is that I'm really interested, as I was, always was, I remember being fascinated by the fact that you 
had moved from France and that you could speak French. Yeah. Do you remember? I always remember, like, do you, but do you think in French? I like, <laughs> absolutely. That and I still don't know the answer. Yeah, I remember you saying even then, you're like, I, I'm not sure. It blew my mind as a seven-year-old, because having not being able to speak anything at the time, sure, yeah. English, I mean, I still can't after a long time. <laughs> now you're trying to I mean, yeah, I can't. I wish I was. But I remember that absolutely blowing my mind that yeah. you could speak two languages. Well, I found it quite... Odd also. I just also, I guess I just kind of, because obviously my whole family can, so my sisters can, obviously my mum and dad can, I just thought, I didn't think of it as odd, yeah. it just was part of it. But then I definitely remember moving to England, maybe not when I was seven, but more probably when we were like going into like high school and actually like not liking it, because obviously you just want to like blend in, don't yeah. you, when yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. Of course. So I was like, oh no, like people think I'm, they're calling me the French girl and like I just want to be like everyone else yeah. and like I don't like it and I would put a like Fre um, English accent on in French class. Yeah. So I'd be like, bonjour, je m'appelle Emma. <laughs> oh God. Because I was like, I'm going to be that like twat no one likes. Yeah, I know, like, but it was so good. good. I know, but at that age. I know, I bet it was. I mean, I loved it because I sat next to Emma in French at school, so, <laughs> and she kindly let me copy her work. So we did actually end up getting what separated. Class? In GCSE, do you remember? We, at first, we got separated. And you we were got in my classes. class. You got moved class. I just did that same in another class. <laughs> because I kept copying your work, and then they put an end to that <laughs> yeah. by moving you to another class. Uh, that was great. I mean, I uh, my French grades dropped after that. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I actually did French up until A-level is actually quite funny. I mean, brilliant. I mean, good vibe. Easy A. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It reinforces it. I love yeah. it. But how do you think that move at being so young, and again, mm. being from a family where your dad is French and mm. your mum is, Eng mm. is English, growing up in Paris and then moving to England, how yeah. do you think that has influenced you? <laughs> There's that word. Yeah, I was uh, going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll come to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't know. I think it definitely makes me, I mean, I know when I grew up in Paris, obviously my mum was an artist and I think it made me like very interested in like the cult, the different cultures that people have, mm. um, and kind of different art and, or seeing the world from a different point of view, I guess, which is often in art. Yeah. Um, you're just sharing how you see the world, I think. So I definitely think that in terms of the work I do now as well, it's just kind of like realizing that so many people see like everything in a different way. Mm. Um, because of whatever ways they grew up or whatever kind of places they were in or people they were around or things they learned or things yeah. they didn't learn. All those things, I think, maybe is what obviously I, I can't know exactly. But yeah, yeah. I, I think those are probably things that um, that I was influenced by. That's the yeah. ripe old age of seven. Has yeah. influenced your influencing, do you? <laughs> Oh, babe. I know. <laughs> you can go for it. I know, here we are. That takes off. So do tell the listeners, if, if they haven't come across mm. your wonderful web before, a little yeah. bit about what you do and what got you to um, where you are. So I am what we would nowadays call an influencer, and I, I hate that word, which is why we're joking about it. Yeah. I've kind of turned <laughs> it on its head, and because I speak about skincare a lot, I call myself a skinfluencer, because I'm hilarious, obviously. Um, uh, but I actually started um, a blog back when I was at university in 2009, so it's been a decade now, which is crazy. Wow, yeah. um, and then when I graduated, I was a journalist. I wrote um, beauty and fashion for a couple of magazines. And then when I moved to Australia in 2014-15, um, I went into photography just because... I thought it was quite a good time to do it because I didn't know anyone, so I just started telling people I was a photographer because <laughs> I'd always wanted yeah. to do that. I'd always been obsessed with images. Um, 
Or just visuals mm-hmm. since forever, basically. I remember your teenage room, Vogue posters. Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I was always envious of how, even then, how you cu- curated your bedrooms. It's like transpires now to your Instagram My posters feed. on my wall. Yeah, but that's the equivalent of, like isn't it? Yeah. The squares on the, well, was rectangles, yeah. but on mm-hmm. how that was, you always nailed that. Oh, yeah, I had like a like feature wall. Yeah, you Vogue. did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I and nailed that. it of all that and all these beautiful women. Again, mm. it was so many beautiful women. I mean, I have always been obsessed with naked women, which is probably what comes through now in my um, self-portraits. So I'm mm. often scantily clad. And I recently started a series called Girls in Real Life, um, yes. which yeah, is yeah. shooting other women as well. I've just, the female form's just like, I don't know, just, I'm obsessed with it. And I always have been, yeah, yeah. like even yeah, from that have. age. Yeah, yeah, has caused like various family members to think I might not be straight, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, really? I'm, I'm fluid. I don't mind. Yeah, that's fine. But the, but what I love about, um, especially with your work and your photography, is that it isn't. And you have heard you talk about it before. It isn't about sexualizing the female form. It's about celebrating. Quite it. the opposite. Yeah. I mean, some of them are. I mean, then how to put it? They're not un sexual yeah but it's it's just that the female form is so inherently sexual because of the way that it's been portrayed to us our whole lives yeah yeah that i think things that we would think like oh that's a bit risque it's like no it's just a naked body no, <laughs> just my naked body yeah, exactly. <laughs> have a look yeah <laughs> and that, like being comfortable in it and like not i don't know I, like for me my self-portrait certainly were like a way of me for me to like see myself in a different way or kind of like figure myself out a bit yeah. Um, and because I'd always been obsessed with the images, like who better and easier to shoot than yourself? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and we, I know what I want, so before. I can create what I want. It's not like me trying to direct someone and they're not quite there. And there's actually way more skills going in, I think, to shoot other people. Like me, I know exactly what the image I have in my head that I want to get so I can make my body look like that. I can, you know, yeah. form that shape. I, I know I can do that. So it's actually easier in a sense yeah no definitely yeah. I completely agree we, we've spoken about that before because I think it's especially as a photographer and you have something in mind of that image you want to create it's so hard to transpire that to someone else yeah. but also I think like you said as 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 a kind of sort of de- sort of self-development kind of process that you've gone through I've heard mm. you talk about it, it boosting your or helping you kind of fall in love with your body in a way that you yeah. hadn't before definitely and like also I love like sharing them as well like when I first shot them I didn't um, share them for a year so it wasn't meant to be as like a, a work thing or, or for anyone else really it was just for me because I was traveling loads for work and I was uh, alone in like all these insane places and yeah. I was like I'm gonna let these <laughs> that backdrop <laughs> go to waste yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or you know that light or whatever it might be um, so yeah it definitely made me it was just like a nice little passion project and then sharing it was like the most amazing thing because it had such a good response um that it made me realise that actually this was something that, like, no one else was really doing, I guess, in the same yeah. way. Um, and that it's just obviously nice when other people like your work, I guess. Yeah, always. <laughs> and it is. They are beautiful images, yeah. So if you haven't checked out Emma's Instagram, do go and do so. But I think as well, because selfie is such, is such a kind of dirty word nowadays, I, I think. Do you know, like, it has such negative connotations. But, mm. again, why? Because self-portraiture has been around for you know, hundreds, thousands of years of people painting themselves. Exactly. That wasn't, um, you know, like Frida Kahlo wasn't weird that she was painting a yeah. picture of herself. Whereas now, I think, oh, you know... Oh, taking photos. Like, I did art history at uni and I wrote my dissertation, won't go into too much depth, but on, on <laughs> Robert Rauschenberg. And even then, like, a camera in a mirror, like, the most, you know, like, yeah, not yeah, necessarily yeah. facing you 
like yeah. selfie. But like that was like in the forties and fifties. Like this isn't a new thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think now because we're millennial and we're seen as self-involved, that it's it's become a dirty word because yeah. of that and a kind of self-love. There's like a weird thing like oh you have to, we should all love ourselves and it's great and yeah like self-love is great. But then if you do, people are like oh. Mm-hmm. Sorry, are you into yourself? Are you All actually right? do you that? like sorry? You think you're perfect, and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't win. <laughs> you're giving me. Yeah, exactly. And has anyone has anyone ever said that to you or commented like that on, on your pictures? Um, rarely. I'm actually quite lucky. I don't really get like trolls or stuff. Um, not massively, no. Yeah, that is. But really I think good. people have been more like in in my photos, not necessarily even just self portraits, just like oh, you're so brave and stuff, which I know people don't mean as an offence, but I just um, I just think it's funny that people think I'm brave mm. to, like, my body. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but again, it's kind of this society. Why is that brave? Yeah, like, it isn't. Which, which I, I'm not, I know they mean it in a really sweet way yes, because maybe yeah. they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, like, they're like, gosh, this looks horrible and you're still sharing it or something like that. Like, everyone likes the photo, but it's the idea. I think it's funny that's just drilled into us that, like, if we're not a size six and I haven't, like, facetuned the shape of my body and my role and my cellulite, they're like, I'm really brave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love those things. That's what makes everything sexy. Like, the thing that's gotcha. off it's is real, the, yeah. the most hot thing ever. Exactly, yeah. it does. And pu- uh, it is so beautiful to do that. And I, again, we're taught we shouldn't we, we shouldn't be a certain way. And again, if you you love yourself, mm. ooh, but not too much. Yeah, not just all, but right not too much. much. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ooh, don't, don't share too much, but share more. Don't be closed off. It's, it's I mean, difficult. Yes, uh, being a woman. Right, isn't it? Oh, yes. like, that is. You can do that, true. but don't be cocky. Yeah. <laughs> don't like share your your success or like talk about it because otherwise that's seen as you know. Yes, it's just never ending. Rules that are yeah. <laughs> things you do, but you you certainly and you always have been someone that has has appeared so and mm. appeared to not kind of to sort of lived in the way that you wanted to. <laughs> Isn't that true? I have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Catchy has a kind of in here because yeah, she's seen well, me through twenty two years all my life. Yeah. But you have the it's something that I think. Um. Oh, it's something, you know, I admire it hugely in you that you've never given a shit, that you've been like, I'm going to say, if I don't agree with something, I'm going to say so. If yeah. I don't um, want to do something, I'm not going to do it, or I'm going to do it, you know, in in your <laughs> way, way, which yeah. is a huge attribute, because it means you're living, especially now, like you're living your life in the way that you, it's on your terms, and it's the way you want I to. I want to, yeah. Yeah. Where do, you, where do you think that you got that from? How did you develop <laughs> that? Because especially as a, as a teenager, yeah. that's hard to kind of... Have. I mean, as a teenager, it's quite easy because you can just be really moody all the time. <laughs> but I want to be moody. Yeah. No, not moody, but, but like more like I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Put it like that kind of yeah. thing. Um, which I think is probably part of it. I don't know. It was like, oh, yeah, I guess I was always like that. No, you did. Like, we do. do I, you know, I spend and always you would one that we'd make if we were too scared to do something or we'll say we'd something to someone. Be like, Emma, go. Yeah, <laughs> true. Go do it. <laughs> Emma will do it. Can you do it, Emma? <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm going. You had that, so it was, it is this kind of... A pizzazz. Yeah, it, 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 I think it was that you always knew your self-worth, so that you were always, even though you might, you know, well, it's I think, ironically, it was, it was properly the opposite of that, and so I mm. just didn't care. Yeah. I, and also, I think it was a kind of rebellion of sorts, that I was like, I'm going to do what I want, because no one can tell me what to do. That's the very reason I, I work for myself now, a boss telling me what to do. 
absolutely not like yeah. I can't do it don't you dare like I, I I'm bad at that and I know that yeah. and I figured that out from yeah, very yeah, quickly yeah. in the working world <laughs> so I was like okay I'm gonna have to do my own thing because otherwise I'm not gonna be able to get to where I want to get um yeah I think it, it was more a kind of uh, a, like innate sassiness that like I was gonna do whatever I wanted to do almost to like piss people off when I was younger yeah it was that be like, oh, no one else do that. I'll do it. Who, you know, who like, would you want to piss off in particular? Um, just like whoever. Yeah. Just anyway, <laughs> someone, everyone in Someone in power. Yeah. <laughs> someone in authority. <laughs> of authority, I guess. Like when I was more like at yeah. school and like that yeah, yeah. young kind of like rebellion stage. Um, but it has in a way turned out well because now I'm, it's not like that. <laughs> Luckily I've matured a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just, I just know that like if I do things, that I don't want to do I, I'm not going to enjoy it and I'm not going to regret it and I'm not going to do it nothing good's going to come of it yeah basically but I don't think I knew that and I could have articulated that then yeah yeah absolutely. it was just like something was yeah, there I don't know and maybe yeah. it was to do with like as we said earlier like the move or something I just yeah. like or like family situations where you just, did have have that you did so um, or maybe that, I don't know yeah. the youngest of five is that like a yeah, maybe. trait well, <laughs> young, yes, younger siblings yes I'm the baby so yeah. I kind of get away with quite a lot yeah. <laughs> and I think having older siblings gives you a, a, a type of confidence that it, it, you is unlike anything else well because you can take on their confidence because yeah. they're older yeah and, and they, they tell you they stuff. can do that I can do that yeah why can I not do that if they can Maybe it's that. Yeah, maybe it is. It's one, you're one of five girls, aren't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. The fifth baby. Yeah. <laughs> so what was I like having so um, many siblings? So my elder two sisters, um, three, God, so many of us, <laughs> my elder <laughs> three sisters have a Russian mum and we all share the same French dad and then me and my sister have an English mum, obviously. Um, so we never all lived together, uh, but we were all in Paris at one point when I was very young. Um, my dad was there at the time as well. Um, it was pretty fun. I mean, like, I was kind of the, like, odd one out because the elder two are, like, a lot older. And then there's, like, the next two, and they were just two years apart because they were older. Obviously, they were just inherently cooler than me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just wanted to hang out yes, with them and yeah. would do, like, anything they told me in return for hanging out with them. <laughs> like what? What would they make you do? Just, like, run down the like five flights of stairs to get them something from the kitchen <laughs> and come back up and then they were like you can hang out with us for two minutes and I'd be like great that's a oh, fab deal <laughs> I'll do it <laughs> what else do you need yeah. I love that yeah, yeah. I also hit one of my other sisters in the face with a spade because oh. my closest sister told me to sorry Jess oh wow that is oh, sorry Ariane <laughs> yes, yeah, actually yeah <laughs> sorry I tattled on you oh wait I mean sorry Don't for hitting you me. in the face <laughs> Wow, was it a good? I mean, wow. I was like three or four, but yeah, it was like bloody nice. Yeah, it really was. Oh my god, why did Jess tell you to hit her? I don't know. Let's not go into. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I was siblings. But you do whatever they they want you to, I guess, which is fun in a way. Like we all get on those now, um, which is really nice, and have lots of nephews and a niece and. Yeah, I like having a big family. And we all live everywhere. Like, when I lived in Sydney, all five of us lived in different countries. Really? Wow. Yeah, because one was... So, Sydney, Mauritius, Moscow, Paris, London. Sounds pretty cool. cool. Yeah. We're not that cool. Yeah. It sounds cool. <laughs> doesn't matter if you sound cool, yeah. that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, I always like having a big family. But you have a big family. 
Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's just in, all girls in as England. well. Yeah, we're all girls. Yeah, exactly. And it does. It hugely influences you. I think. Oh, but your character. A having siblings. Mm. B where you come in those siblings, whether yeah. it's middle child, oldest, whatever. Yeah. That is. I, I want to do a, a whole podcast episode on that one time and with my sister. Because I think there's so, so much to unpick it. I love. Yeah. I love it. And also, yeah, whether you're boys, girls, mix. Yeah. so many different things and this family dynamic I, I think find it like fascinating. both you and I would be very different if there was even just one boy in each of our oh gosh things. Yeah. yeah I mean how we always like how about I, don't even like, like, I don't know I can't think of what uh, it would be like yeah I know. but yeah it does it does affect you but you know as everything good and bad good and bad exactly <laughs> everything has that duality exactly. we'll find us on the good if we can <laughs> <laughs> but what we'll be back actually move on to the perhaps the challenges when yeah. call things bad what have been any challenges in your life or it might be in your work life or your mm. personal life that you have kind of had to overcome to come to because you are in a successful place today mm-hmm. what has brought you there what have you had to overcome um i mean definitely what i touched on earlier like realizing that i've just like wasn't good in a traditional work environment I think mm. um I just yeah I'm just having a boss that isn't me How I'm probably like not that? a very good boss to myself yeah. either <laughs> yeah because now you are your own boss yeah um how did I learn that yeah. I, just, I I don't know I've just I guess it's always been the thing, even when we were at school like I just couldn't take teachers just telling me I've just like never liked that and so kind of overcoming that and figuring a way that I could get around that and because it wasn't that I didn't like the people or they didn't like me it's just like a clash of whatever it is um it's not like that we I fought with bosses or anything like that yeah. it's nothing bad I've just like never been happy in that situation and so I think like by perhaps luck I and when I moved to Australia I kind of ended up being my own boss of sorts um, and I, of course, am now. So I think that was the massive thing to just, like, realise that, like, I'm I'm just pushing against this and it's just, it just keeps coming back. Like, maybe I'm just going around it somehow and yeah, I yeah. can miss that bit out. <laughs> um, so I think that was a huge one. Um, I mean, even through jobs I had when I was, you know, like a waitress when I was at uni and stuff like that, I've just, it's just always clashed. So that. Um, other challenges? I don't know, I guess just like persevering with stuff. I'm like quite easily distracted. And so like having, but I all, I'll, I know I'll always do something. If I say I'm gonna do something, I'll do yeah. it. Like yeah, I'm yeah, very yeah. much that person. But I'm also like really floozy with like my energy. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what, is flu- what does floozy with your energy mean? Like I can't just like consistently do the same thing. Yeah. Like, I can't, and this is why I love working for myself, I can't say, like, okay, so, like, from nine till five every day, I mean, example, I'll work. Like, no. Sometimes, mm-hmm. obviously, sometimes I will, but also sometimes I'll work from seven till ten, and then two till four, or I'll start working at 9pm, I suddenly <laughs> want to do my emails. Yeah. Like, stuff like that, and, like, actually just, like, allowing yourself that. I guess, because I think when you first go freelance, you're like, no, this is, like, when everyone else is working. And obviously that's good to do stuff in the day too, but, like, the fact that you don't have to, like, um, like hurt yourself to to make yourself do work. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. I think is, is like, a, a thing when you go freelance and just kind of accepting that, like, jobs will come and go, people will be annoying about stuff, and that's just part of life there is always ups and downs I think yeah. Um, but yeah I think challenge wise is probably the one working 
like I love working with others and I love working with clients now but it's very different instead of like having in an office environment someone is like your in inverted commas boss yeah, like, yeah absolutely um yeah so anyway I can think of sorry oh, come on. what about when <laughs> can you think of one <laughs> you're looking at me like mm. no. you're forgetting something no I'm not at all <laughs> but no I think it is the, the freelance one I think so many people I speak to so many people and I, I know you I'm sure you do too you know so many people that want to go freelance but mm. it's the fear of it the fear of leaving the comfort of a salary job and that regular income yeah. regular work and taking that kind of leap what what helps you take that leap kind of what advice would you give other people thinking or teetering just on it fucking do it yeah like the <laughs> best way to, to do something it. is to do it everyone's like oh, i haven't done this i need to do that like just do it and you'll figure it out like all those little details like no one is fully prepared when they go freelance to be like there's always something you forgot to do and that's fine yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's part of it and the first six months are traumatic <laughs> <laughs> but like seriously because you're still so emotional and personal yeah, yeah. about it like i remember like having a full-on like crying breakdown in my kitchen floor <laughs> Why? What triggered that? Oh, just like some annoying client, and they told me I'd done half this job, and then they'd actually been like, actually, we're not going to do it today, and then just like this photography job, and I was just like, I couldn't, like, I was that highly emotionally strong, yeah, that like I, that was my reaction because I, it was me, and as well when you're part of your job and it's your work, yeah. I mean, I guess everyone does their work, um, was like very hard, and then you kind of realise like you'll get jobs and they'll get cancelled you'll get jobs and you'll have to chase the invoice for six months you'll get jobs and they'll magically be great you'll mm -hmm. get jobs and they actually you know decide that something wasn't on the brief was a very important part and then you'll have to reshoot and they won't pay you to reshoot like all this stuff like that happens and it always will there is no way you can have a perfect control of anything yeah and i think because you're working on your own you want to be able to perfectly control everything which is completely natural but you can't <laughs> Just go that for it. it's that resilience isn't it of not yeah. knowing you can't control anything mm. which obviously and can there be will applied. be ups and downs and like the ups wouldn't be ups if they went down so you know yeah, like exactly it will be fine you will continue to get jobs i think that was my fear as well that i now i feel comfortable that i know i'll i'll be booked for jobs every month yeah whereas when you start obviously because you just need to get yourself out there a bit more um like no matter what it is that you're doing freelance um obviously there's less uh, stability, which I think is yes. what people are scared of, really. Yeah, yeah, if you're leaving, like, I know I get paid that every month. And I know that because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sat you in know office it's or whatever. In. But it's the best thing. I, I highly recommend it. I have a few friends that have done it recently and they're just already loving it. You know, yeah, well, I am a convert. I mean, yes. I've not, <laughs> I've been self-employed for quite some time. And <laughs> it's the freedom, and but it's scary. And I think it's not for everyone as well. I think lots of people no, no, no. idolise it. And I think sometimes... It, it is really bloody hard sometimes. You have I think to be it's very yeah. strong to do it as well. But if it's an inkling and you just like, also just do it. And if it goes wrong, just get a job. Like, it's fine. You can go back. Like, it's not like you can get a full time job again if you exactly. want. Exactly. I think knowing like, that that's there. That's as well. always there. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. Everything will always be okay. Not great, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but okay's good. Like, okay's, okay's fine. Great. We need okay. Yeah. yeah, we need exactly. that baseline. Again, <laughs> I talk about that a lot with people. Say that you need that okay line because otherwise you don't know what's good and you don't know what's exactly. Bad. And everything's yeah. always going to be a bit either side, and that's yeah. great. That's so yeah, yeah. you heard it here. Okay, okay is fine. Everyone, okay is fine. <laughs> remember. So with a lot of your work is online, being mm -hmm. a skinfluencer, we won't use, we won't go back to influencer mm -hmm. there. But how do you find navigating and maintaining a balance between being online so much and being kind of in 
in your real life? <laughs> I use the um, oh acronym IRL. IRL, yeah, I got it. I've got that written yeah, down here. A IRL. lot, and yeah. people always laugh at me, and they're like, "What?" Because I, because I so distinguish the two in my head. I'm like digital IRL, which stands for in real life. Everyone, I'm sure you know. <laughs> um, but I really, yeah, for me, it's very much like because there's so much of me online. Well, so it would seem. I don't think there's that much of me online because I'm very specific now. Anyway, like with what I share and what I don't share. Mm -hmm. So like even with like social media and stuff, like I have specific rules like that I've written down uh, like four or five years ago. Like I don't share my friends. Mm -hmm. I don't share me on a night out drunk. I don't like share really that much family. Well, like very rarely. Yeah. Um, because I have to like very much for me um, separate the two. I don't think there's any wrong, anything wrong with people sharing that. Like I like watching other people's, but I know for me it's like I, then I've given all of myself. Yeah. yeah. And then I feel quite drained by it and I'm unsure of it and I if it's just me and work me which is like photography me skincare me like meetings and launches and trips and whatever it may be then great but every other part then like I'm not I've separated the two so that I can try and find a balance because mm -hmm. I'd, I'd found I'd done like shared like something like on a night out something and I felt really like just uneasy about it not that it was bad but I was like if I if I feel like that then I don't need to put it there. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's got nothing to do with my work, so actually yeah. it doesn't need to be there. Um, and, yeah, I think that's mainly how I split it up. But, like, I think it's funny because obviously when you go and, you know, say look at someone's Instagram page, you obviously feel that you know them very well because mm -hmm. there's so much there. You know, like, I have loads of, like, highlights and very chatty on stories or, like, that kind of thing. But, like, for me, I see it as very, that's my work. That's, that's not work. my life. Yeah. Um but yeah, the, when the two collide, it can be um, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> what do you mean when they? T what, what do you mean when they collide? Well, look, country. As we know, I'm dating, <laughs> and I hit them up. <laughs> well, no, but it's weird because, say, I'm on a dating app. Someone can go and look oh, at me online see, yeah. and think that they know me, yeah, or, of or not even think they know me, but make a very they think well judged judgment on me yeah when it's not it's like I don't sit in your work meetings and like look at how you're in your <laughs> meeting that <laughs> like, that's not there for me to look. or you can hear my voice yeah of course yeah I hadn't really thought about that because obviously everyone does that instant you know no, ooh, it's a match well, like, straight to how Instagram. many people called Emma or Arrow? like three yeah. of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course yeah Oh, so they do. Is that a challenge? Have you have has that been an issue before? Well, kind of. I'm still. That's the thing that I'm still kind of navigating because I prefer meeting people IRL. <laughs> um, but that's also obviously, as we know, kind of not the way it's done really these days. Yeah. But I still try and be a bit more old school like that, just because to me, that isn't online. Yeah. That isn't and that's digital, your real and life. I like yeah. because it's my real life. I yeah, want it to not be on the interweb. I guess. But yeah, so I'm still kind of figuring that one out. But um, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it, and you do do well. And yes, to have that, those boundaries is so important. And I think whoever you are on social media, it needs to be a conscious consumption as well. It's just the same as when mm. we are aware of what we eat and stuff like that. Yeah. What we're consuming online, be it on Instagram, Twitter, be it in you know magazines, newspapers, whatever we're reading or you know looking at, we as individuals have that responsibility I, I think that. to I yeah, think that's a really good way to think of it yeah. as well and I realised 
recently as well. You know, like there's people online that you kind of follow and you look at and they kind of annoy you. Just don't follow them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you gosh, completely yeah. forget about them. It's wonderful. I know. Why, why is like, that? Yeah. <laughs> why do we follow people that don't make like, us feel good? I know. It's, it, I find that odd. And, mm. But because we kind of forget that we have that power. Yeah. Because um, even if it's your friend, even if it's someone yeah. you're not, not, I mean, I'm not yet following what I'm following saying? your friends, but someone that would, yeah, they have unfollowed you ages ago. <laughs> but I mean, even if it's someone that would perhaps, it would cause an issue if you unfollowed yeah. them. You can and mute look, stuff. You can re-follow them if you want to. Yeah, you can I do think, it. I, I think letting why. yourself have that like space instead of like, because obviously we consume so much. That's mm-hmm. the thing nowadays. Yeah, yes, of course, magazines and ads and all that. But like now, how if we're on social even for an hour a day, we'll consume thousands of bits of information mm-hmm. and images and yeah. people's opinions and all of this. And it's like, you don't have, not you don't have to, obviously you can, but like be aware that like, those are very snippet pieces of people's lives, first yeah. of all. Yeah. You can unfollow them if it annoys you. And you don't compare that to your life. Mm-hmm. Massively. I think there's really important tips and just we all need to remind ourselves of that we all do it sometimes and I sometimes it. it's not obvious yeah. not like like, you don't notice do you've done it and then you just yeah. maybe like an hour later you're you know it's a feeling perhaps or maybe the sensation in the body and I think embodying what your reaction is exactly yeah and I think so, anything whether it's online IRL surround what makes you feel good but sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's noticing what's making you feel shit that is the hard bit yeah but I think doing that is hugely important and having those boundaries especially when you're working so much of your life is online yeah it's so important so I think you do manage that oh, manage that really well and with on on your Instagram and on your blog Lolita says that you have talked a lot openly about your struggles with mental health mm-hmm. would you mind sort of sharing with us a little bit about your experience yeah um so <laughs> Where should we get? Yeah. So um, something we've talked a lot about in uh, in, in, in person. Honesty. I mean, we've had, we we years. love it. We, we like a good deep conversation. Yeah. Um, so I I think I've probably been in and out of therapy since forever, really. Um, when I was younger, just kind of a couple family issues, um, and then when I was in uh, uni, when I was twenty one. I, one summer, had uh, the most horrible series of panic attacks. Um, I couldn't see peripheral vision for about three months because I was so anxious. Wow. Yep. <laughs> like, couldn't really get on, like, um, a bus or anything like that. Like, moving, I felt very trapped. Like, it was really, obviously, quite horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, when I went back to uni, I found in Leeds just the, like, um, council counselling. Um and I did that for a year, so I would go every week. And was that, that through the services of, of uni no. that they provided? No, the uni one was actually quite hilarious. Okay, that's why, um, yeah, because I was like, that's good, it's so good they have it. Okay, no, no, it was cool. so... I went to the uni one for them mm. to meet them and stuff, and and the guy was like, okay, we just need to do like a, you know, like take these things off on this form just to know kind of what it's about, like that kind of thing. I was like, yeah, sure. And so he started asking me these questions, and I was kind of like elaborating a bit, and he was like, yeah, no, no, I don't need to know that. Um, I just need to get these answers. And I was like, <laughs> God. Okay. I was just like, okay, no, this isn't going to work. Um, and also they had like no real spaces and the timing has to change every week. You know, like when you're at uni, I was like, no, that's not going to work. Yeah, you did it when you needed to see um, someone. So I went to the council one and that was really good. And they like, um, pay, it was like, the payment was like judged on your income since I was a student. It was like £10 a week, which was incredible. Of course, yeah, that's Thank really you, good. Thank you, City Council. Um, and I did that for a year and that really helped with my anxiety. Um, I like 
I think after uni, never had really touch wood a bad panic attack. Obviously, I've um, been anxious since <laughs> like anyone would be, um, but I feel like I can handle it a bit. And then a year ago, I also so that was. 22, 2012. Yeah, I was about to say 2002. Yeah, two. I was about to say that. That's what I'm calling 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 that's what I'm that's what I'm that's that's health I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so I'm very grateful for that and the fact that like even a year ago that I could like notice that I needed to go and see someone mm-hmm. rather than just be like oh no I feel down I'm depressed bummer like all that you know or whatever then yeah. go out drinking those or whatever people might react to that in a different way obviously yeah. um for me I just get like super into work and like don't have a social I don't allow myself like a life uh-huh. like the IOL bit of it I'm just like completely I can get so like absorbed into stuff um so yeah and that's been really helping I think it's just good it's funny when I was younger I always used to say when I'm older even if I don't need one I just would like a shrink just like every mm. week just like I say, say that just yeah. like I'd say like I'd quite like a massage every yeah. week like, I think why it not? is so part it's of just self-care so sometimes even if you're like it's not I go there every week like okay I want to talk about this this and this the best times um my therapist tells me this is when I'm like I don't really know what I'm talking about. She's like, that's the best because you you haven't like prejudged mm-hmm. what you're going to say. Yeah, you're <laughs> or planning your conclusion, <laughs> which is very much what I do because I'm a complete control freak. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm feeling this, but I know why. <laughs> so I thought this, and I think it's that. Do you agree? <laughs> do they often agree, or does it? Like, no, you have to do all the work. It's hard work. It is hard work. Work, <laughs> you know, making the positive changes for yourself is hard work. But it's hard work. Would you say worth it? And always worth it. Yeah, I mean, like it's tough especially in the beginning because you have to kind of like rehash because obviously the person doesn't know you so you Mm -hmm. have to kind of like go through everything that's happened to you up until this point like now I can go in and be like this happened this week and I reacted like this interesting (laughs) whereas at the beginning you have to be like well then this happened when I was younger and then that and maybe this and also Mm -hmm. them and whatever it is that like now if once I'm like I'm just over a, a year back in it now that I feel like now I can like they kind of know the background story a bit more I guess yeah, and what do you, what do you think has been, what do you find most useful about those kind of talking therapies like that? Um, just realizing, actually, you know, that's really funny because I said earlier, I know that everyone sees visually things mm-hmm. in different ways, and for me, the biggest take from therapy always is that everyone sees things in different ways. Yeah, but not visual things. Just any situation. Yeah, no one even if you're exactly like them, has mm-hmm. understood it in the same way. Yeah. No one. Absolutely. A million people, I don't care, different, they've all seen it in a different mm-hmm. way. Because we all have these different lives, even if we've, you've had the same upbringing as, say, me and one of my sisters, we're completely different. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, we're completely yeah. different yeah. in so many ways. And even if we were completely the same outwardly, we still wouldn't have understood things in the same way. Exactly. I think that's the hardest thing I have with, like people is that like I assume everyone thinks like I do and that's why I get really confused and hurt and depressed and lonely yeah because I think what that that was obviously me saying that but unless you you have to be very well for me certainly I have to be very like more open in like how I say stuff because mm-hmm. I think I've like hinted something really yeah, well. yeah, yeah. like actually like I was like oh I did not get lost <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I think 
for me, that's like the best thing is just like, obviously the endless situations that I talk about there, but like always the outcomes is like, you can't control people. Mm -hmm. You can't make them think what you want them to think. And they'll see it in a different way even if you try. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's still never you can yeah. never make anyone see something like you no. or understand it. No. And that that is hard, even if you know, control freak or not, knowing that you cannot change someone else you can't change someone else at all, whether it's their opinion, their belief, whatever, you can't make them see you in a certain way. Ha getting to a point where you kind of accept that, which is what talking therapies Yeah, it, it's not that it with. changes like I don't wake up and be like, Oh, I'm gonna do this differently. I'm just aware of something else. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that does eventually impact your actions but absolutely. it's not like oh they've given you a checklist like don't say that to that person yeah. <laughs> like it's not as literal yeah it's the, I think it's quite hard because I think people haven't done it as well would think like how would talking about that with someone like you could just talk about that with your mate but like they're so removed from it mm -hmm. so important and to they'll make that. you see it in such a way that it is useful. Yeah, and I think it is. That's the importance of it, is that you're spending an hour or however long with someone who is completely... They're not emotionally involved. They're not, you know, completely removed from the situation. So they're seeing it from a different perspective, or and that's what they're helping you do. Mm. And also, just sitting and talking about yourself for an hour, who wouldn't like, like to great. do you that? Like it's so exciting in itself. Yeah, exactly. Because you're not trying, you, sometimes you want to say something, but you don't yeah. know who to say it to. Yeah, exactly. You know? I think we, I'm, we're both on the same page with being so pro, if pro therapy, whether it, as a preventative measure as well, because like you said, you're catching yourself before you could perhaps have slipped down further down a slope mm. of feeling you know anxiety or depression you can use it as a preventative measure measure to stop that and just keep yourself kind of topped up because mental health is different to mental illness and that mental health we can all work on do actively do things every day every week every month have stuff that mm. improves us same as our physical just as you go to the gym doing things that improve keep your mental health on track and that's the thing you have to do all the time there's just as you yeah. go to the gym like great if you go yeah. do like a marathon today like okay maybe not a marathon but like if you work yeah. out today on Sunday we do <laughs> if you work out today that's great but like you probably also need to work out next week like to see a result yeah. you yeah. can't just like be like oh I did it that time I'm not I'm six pack weird yeah exactly <laughs> that is true Will we, I mean you've all gone to the gym and then looked in the mirror and been like oh, why is nothing changed <laughs> yeah. but that, you are, that is true you can't you know do or just like a fitness level not even like physically like you're not going to yeah. get really fit from going for a one run mm -hmm. you need to go for lots of runs regularly yeah it's the same as yeah. mental, with mental health that is true I think it's a very good way of putting it and it's so worth it in the end to keep keep doing those things 100 and so with and, and you and I think it's so amazing that you share with the platform that you have the fact that mm. you're open about that because so many people wouldn't be and like you said it's so important I mean I'm not like to be honest I'm not like hugely open about it I've written about it on my blog I never really talk about it on Instagram because I just I don't feel comfortable like I've said like doing super personal yeah. stuff there yeah. so I've kind of written about it and I feel like I can write it better and kind of <laughs> edit it and kind of be sure yeah. of what I'm putting out there rather yeah, yeah. than rambling mm -hmm. like I am now I'm kidding um, yeah I just I think also with social media I think it's easy as kind of to what we were saying earlier people kind of look at it and think like oh my god like they have this perfect life like they work with them they go on these trips they get sent stuff and it's like yeah like that is great obviously that's a perk but like every job has perks and, yeah, yeah. And, but like 
And I can tell you this from obviously knowing lots of other girls and boys um, in the biz. Um, we basically all have mental health problems. Really? Do you and think it's actually quite I don't know. I mean, not. I mean, all my good friends. No, no, not all mental health. Like to the fact to the point that you'd need would go to therapy. Yeah. But like, there's such another side to it. Like, no, not a like dark side yes, or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Just like we're still. We still have up and down days, you know. We still get dumped. I think just <laughs> we human. Still, oh, yeah, like human, everything yeah. happens. Like just because I get sent a, a serum and go on a trip doesn't mean that like there are absolutely no other issues in my life. <laughs> like that's great, and yeah, like, yeah, they can hide them over for a bit, and like yeah. I love that. But that's it's such as you you forget that you see such a specific point or, or area of so many people's lives. And obviously, like, that's why I wanted to share it when I, I read about it earlier in the year. Um, but I wanted to write about it because I wanted to remind everyone, like, just, yeah, like, take everything you see online with a pinch of salt. Yeah, and I think that's so important. Like yeah. I said, that conscious conscious consumption yeah. and realise... every And I think it is realising everyone is human. There's, there is no one in the world, and talking about the perception as well, no one that doesn't have their own shit going on. Yeah, you can be the richest, happiest, have everything you yeah. ever wanted... Let me tell you, your mind will still find something to fill mm-hmm. in and find shit. Yeah, which is why it's so important. And that's fine. Yeah, it's exactly. That's fine. It's being human, and exactly. it's they're just owning your shit. We're emotional beings, exactly. And that's and it's great. Beautiful. And that's wonderful. Yeah, it is. And sometimes you know, life will be really great. Sometimes it'll be really shit. Sometimes it will be absolutely mediocre. But as we said earlier, okay, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I know it's true, yeah. and it is. And it look, take only your owning your shit, being okay some days, being not okay others, and. You and know, not fighting not being okay just being like oh, I God, feel yeah. like shit cool and just let it go through you rather than being like no I don't I need to do this I can't feel shit like yeah. allow yourself to feel shit and uh, the same way you would allow yourself to feel happy if you were happy you'd be like no I can't feel happy. you'd no, be like no, I no. Feel yeah. like, Let's go. you'd be like that like if your shit kind of be that extra about it yeah. I know like, just so let true. it happen if you're going to stop it you're going to block it and it's just mm-hmm. then it'll just like fester and get it worse. lasts for longer let it yeah. go through you like that's why I always thought with my anxiety it's on I've had panic attacks let it go through me don't be like no 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 please no 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 I don't want I can't feel like that I can't feel like that just be like yep cool come on then come through yeah no, that's that true. true. Like, that is that's so the, important. The the best mental image I think mm-hmm. of when I would get worried I was going to have a panic attack. Just let it throw. Just let it go through. Yeah. It's the like the like block, and the then resistance. and then it's like uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure lots of people are listening have had a panic attack. Yeah, I'm sure. And that is the worst feeling when your heart like goes for me like into your stomach. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, it's happening. But even if you get that point, you still be like, no, it's not go through me yeah you can just do and is that the, do you use that now that technique because mm. I think because I used to any kind of stress because you can get so obsessed with it you're so mm-hmm. honing in on it you're allowing it to happen obviously I still obviously get to that point then I go like wait like hello real world like stop looking at my phone my computer whatever's like annoying me or that email or whatever it may be or just something stressed me out or made me anxious I just think that's fine I'll just sit and just like let it there's like things I know that make me feel nice like having a bath, like reading my book, having a cup of tea in bed, like I know those things. So if I get overwhelmed, I'll just like go and do one of them. Go and do those, yeah. yeah. Because that will like bring me back to me. Because if I just like fester, then like of course your mind can make everything seem shit. It's yeah. very incredible. It's the mind that feeds it all is <laughs> yeah. then and, worrying about it. And your mind is not you. You're yes. not your mind. You're the one listening to your mind. Yeah, your mind is just huge. like some like <laughs> random voice 
in your head. Well, no, you can tell that both Emma and I, where, if you listen to other podcasts, have read The Power of Now, and it's why both one of that our favourite like books. Life. Me too. Yeah. Read The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle, if you have not done so. I've got his new one, but I want to read it. The Sun... Earth, no, the Earth. The, a New Earth. A New Earth. Which is all about the ego and separating yourself. Yeah, that, oh, oh I'm brilliant. also reading and highly recommend right now, um, in terms of what I was saying about the voice is not you, um, The Untethered Soul. The Untethered Soul. Yeah. Who's that? Do you know who that's by? Nope. Well, The uh, Untethered Soul, you can. It's on Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> yeah, Amazon is your friend on that one. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's been amazing. So I think read, read, you know, reading books can be so instrumental in helping you have like yeah. revelations. And if you're not currently in therapy or you don't want to do it, I think that's yeah. a really nice way to kind of like get your yourself thinking of things in a different way. Yeah, and putting yourself on that path. Because I think sometimes, yeah, it can be daunting or unfortunately mental health, mental health services perhaps aren't yeah. as available as they should be. Or doing it alongside. I can't always oh God, do it always. I mean, I'm constantly, I'm a pile of self-help books by the side of my bed. <laughs> always, ever growing, I ever mean, growing. I always read yeah. like two fiction, two Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> always. I love it. I love learning. The thing is, we're always growing and I think having mm. that desire to grow as an individual is only going to be, ever be beneficial to your success mm. in your personal life and in your work yeah, life. Yeah, like you've never, you will never have it all figured out. No, exactly. Even when I'm 60 and I've done all the therapy mm-hmm. and all the books and, you know, been successful and not successful, I still won't know everything. I won't understand everything and no one ever will and that's kind of nice. You can just keep learning about yourself. Yeah, and I like that. I like that acceptance. It's fun. It means you're never going to be exactly the same. It means you're going to fuck up sometimes, but Mm, you know you'll learn from it. Exactly, and that you know is a great segue onto my next question of: Have you? Are are there any kind of big failures or little failures that you've had that you've learned something from? It might be work Mm. ones, personal life ones. Um, I think in terms of. Failures. I think when I was trying to be a journalist, I mean, I was a journalist, <laughs> but I was trying to like get this like job that I would want, and I was always trying to get these jobs, and it would just never work out. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was very obviously irritated um, by at the time because I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm perfect with that job. Like, why don't you give it to me? Like, I could totally do that. Why not? Why not? Um, but I think it was it was great. It was the best thing really because then I ended up doing my own thing. Um, but like, yeah, like realizing that that was actually just not meant to be for me. And that's why it wasn't working out rather than being like, no one likes me. I'm shit. I can't Mm -hmm. write. Like, why do they never choose me? Like, like I have never got a job by sending someone my CV. Oh, really? (laughs) That's great. I love that. Not once. And because it's just, it's always, I mean, especially in media, it's always word of mouth. It's always yeah. someone knows someone. Like, yeah, you send it, but like, it's not why they're hiring you. Like, if they meet you and they know, you know. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Like, never has that been. And I think you stress out so much. Like, God, I remember yeah. I used to redo my CV all the time. Now I'm just like, my what? Like, <laughs> what? What is that? <laughs> I mean, obviously I have, like, a portfolio now, which I guess is a yeah. CV of sorts. But, like, I don't know. I just find it funny that that I just so wanted that and actually when I ended up doing bits like that I just wasn't happy like I said earlier and yeah. just like left it so I think learning that like if something isn't working out maybe it's because it's not right for you it's not because you're bad or wrong or whatever just be like okay this keeps coming back at me like I'll try something else not like completely different I'm not saying you need to like become a surgeon or something <laughs> like yeah. that different but <laughs> like, be, like find a different alley to it a little a different way to it 
Um, yeah, that was a big one. Um, and other failures. I guess, <laughs> like, breaking up with people. Mm. Um, when I moved to Australia, I moved out with a guy and we very swiftly broke up. Um, and that was really, really hard to be somewhere new and like mm. not know anyone. I bet it was. Especially as you'd, you'd planned to go out together. Well, we'd, have, we'd arrived together. Yeah. He's still there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Excuse us. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'd never really, I just kind of... I just like assumed that I, I mean I was certain thought so we were moving country together and mm. we lived together and stuff when we got there and it didn't work out and I think that in my head I saw as a failure on my part obviously it wasn't yeah. but that I'd like let it like not be perfect you know like but you know I've made you like I've made us be here like we're living you know in the dream or whatever like yeah. and it still didn't work yeah yeah and for me I saw that as like such a like like I'd done something wrong, like it was my fault and like it was a failure on my part, yeah exactly. And now obviously I know, no it wasn't, we just didn't, it just wasn't meant to be and I'm very glad that it wasn't because I had like the best time ever. I was going to say then afterwards, <laughs> how did Australia go for you? Like the best, yeah. I mean obviously it was hard to like, uh, probably uh, like three or four months after, mm -hmm. but then I met like one of my best friends ever and we had like the best year and a half that I had left of my two years in Australia. And I, that would not have happened and I integrated myself more in there. <laughs> I mean, if we can call it Aussie culture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like I was just, all my friends were Australia and I'd like, cause I think it's very easy when you go there to like hang out with English people, so yes, many English yeah. people. So I'm really glad I did that cause I feel like I actually saw Australia and, and I still go back now and have very good friends there. So I wouldn't have had that if, that and broken up yeah um no i think it's hard it's so easy with yeah. the breakups especially in the immediate interim isn't it and to blame yourself or to think of it that it's the end of I the world i should have done that i should yeah. have done this but like you didn't yeah. and there's <laughs> always lessons it, you know, however yeah. shit something is or however bad of a failure in inverted commas that it is there's always lessons to be learned and it might be the years down the line but i yeah. think yeah it's kind of accepting and actually again. it just i think i mean like all the failures i've just spoken of like been to do with like other people's judgment on me mm. well this like, is we were talking about this well, just like, before yeah. we were recording about how we both have had since children and this is where we were trying to trace it back to perhaps a shared experience as children <laughs> <laughs> this, it's ridiculous belief that i am stupid they're gonna think i'm stupid i'm stupid we but both just have that to in be common. worried that like other, what others think of you like for mm. me like that like i'm not they must not like me because they haven't given me a job i must have done something wrong because they didn't want to go out with me anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, so what? <laughs> Not that that's even true, but if it was, were, then like, that doesn't matter because as long as you're happy, mm -hmm. which is, it sounds so cheesy, I know, but it really Sometimes is like, cheesy, the best time I've ever had it, like, when I'm on my own. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I know myself, like, I'm so glad that I had like, years of being like I've had years of being single or like I had years of like not really knowing what I was doing but knowing I wanted to set up my business because like that's what made me good mm -hmm. not yeah. immediately getting what I wanted having to fucking work hard for something then you appreciate it mm -hmm. and that you can't control it mm. brilliant 
you've just answered without me having to ask my last question of your best bits of advice for, <laughs> for the listeners I think you've just done that something to breeze oh, breeze past that I think it's, that is very true and for anyone who isn't following you would like to find you where mm-hmm. can everyone find you um, so my blog is called Lolita Says So and my Instagram is at Emma Oahu, which I will kindly spell for you which is Emma the usual way and H-O-A-R-E-A-U yeah. wonderful yes do go and follow Emma if you don't already check out her Sunday stories which as I said I have learned Sunday school Sunday oh god sorry Sunday school on stories on stories <laughs> it's on stories where I've learned more I mean I never knew about skincare before oh I know what I wanted you to finish on actually because this fact blew my mind and what? lots of people Are we gonna might do know already yeah we're just going to do yeah because you know Skinfluencer sure. just to share this because this blew my mind and if it blew my mind yes <laughs> tell I'm Guys, get are you ready? right Moist- sit down sit down and hold on to something <laughs> drop down put your glass down moisturizer doesn't moisturize your skin <gasps> which is confusing so confusing within the name moisturizer stops moisture leaving your skin but it's not adding any in so it's like a barrier the name is confusing so if you want to add moisture to your skin because it's too thick cream it can't really be absorbed into your skin um, properly like the the consistency of it can't so if you want to moisturize your like hydrate your skin then use like serums if you've got dehydrated skin which is when your skin feels tight or oils if you've got dry skin which is when your skin is like flaky and then put moisturizer on top so that hydration does not leave your skin that locks it I mean that was a game changer when I learned that and so <laughs> you're welcome that. listeners you're welcome thank Thanks you so much um, Emma well 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 what a brilliant first guest Emma was I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we did recording the interview be sure to go and follow Emma over on Instagram if you don't do so already and check out her blog Lolita Says So make sure you're subscribing and leave a review telling us what you thought of today's episode and I will see you again next week until then my loves stay curious curious